Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. You guys, but I'm glad I'm in church today. Somebody, like here, stay, stay standing, stay standing for just like another minute, and we're gonna be done. I just want to say welcome. My name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church, and we are starting today a brand new series for probably the next seven or eight weeks. So I want you to buckle in, get ready for it, and it's called Battle Ready. Say Battle Ready, and we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna prepare you. And we're gonna help you walk in some victory. Some of you guys, it's just been too long since you've experienced some victory. We're gonna help you walk in some victory. If you're watching online, you need to share this message. If you're in one of our our in-person services, you need to make sure you go online in just a few minutes, share it with your friends, because I believe some people are gonna be helped. But we're gonna go verse by verse over the next seven or eight weeks through one of the most famous passages of scripture, but you're going to learn a lot from it. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open it up there. I want us to stay standing just for the reading of God's Word, and then we're going to read it out loud together because it's important that we hear it, and you're going to hear it multiple times. By the end of this series, you're going to be able to quote it, which, by the way, it's probably a good thing for you to do right there. But you're going to hear it a bunch, but we're going to uh, take a, every single week just another verse or two, and we're going to dissect it and learn something from it, and I think you'll leave forever changed. Are you with me? Say, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard you at Brandon. I heard you at North Tampa. I heard you at the Heights. Come on, St. Pete, if you're with me, say yeah. Yeah, I know you're you're with me at St. Pete. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. It says, and why don't we say it out loud, ready? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Are you with me? Amen. Today's passage, we're going to start in verse 10 and verse 11 today. It says it like this, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Today's title of our message is simply titled Fight Prep. Fight Prep. Come on, I'm going I'm to help you get prepared to fight over these next seven weeks. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is active. It is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It brings us comfort, but it also equips us for battle. So I pray that you would speak through it today. Let us leave here in a few minutes, forever changed, forever encouraged, forever doing your calling. And we thank you for it, and we trust you with it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone that believes it says, amen, amen. You may be seated at all of our locations. Thank you, Radiant Worship. I love these times where we get to take these, these passages and go verse by verse through them, and you'll learn a lot over these next few weeks. Thanks for sharing these messages. I hope it helps you. Whenever I start a new book of the Bible, um, in my personal study, which I try to go through the Bible once a year, it 
actually takes me probably once every, you know, 15, 18 months, if I were to be real with you, but that should give you a little bit of comfort right there. But I, I go through the Bible. When I do, I, I want to know kind of the behind the scenes of the book. So the Bible's written about by 40 different authors over about a 1,500-year span of time. And we believe it is inspired by God himself. So we want to know kind of who um, God used to write it. So I ask three questions whenever I read a new book of the Bible. If you've been here for any of our verse-by-verse studies through a book, we've done the book of Philippians, we've done James, we did Psalm 23 last year, and then we'll do um, Ephesians 6 this year. But I ask these three questions. They're right there in your notes or on the app. The first question is you want to know who the author is. So obviously God inspired it, but he used people. And the, the author of today's passage was a guy by the name of Paul. So he's the apostle Paul. Paul, if you don't know his history, he was a man who hated Christians, persecuted Christians, murdered Christians. He hated them so much. And then had an encounter with Jesus and became a Christian. So you, you have to realize, man, God can use anybody. And so when he ended up doing that, he ended up being one of the founders of the church and ended up writing about a third of our New Testament. The Bible is divided into two halves. The second half really shows us um, a lot of a focus on Jesus. And, and Paul wrote about a third of the New Testament. And then he didn't write it randomly. He didn't go, okay, this is going to be written um, and read by some people um, 2,000 years later. No, he was writing it on purpose to a specific audience. So my second question is, who is the audience? I want to know who he wrote it to. And this book was written to a group of Christians that lived in a city called Ephesus. Now, I want you to understand this. It's written to Christians in Ephesus. That is why, by the way, it's called the book of Ephesians. Great. Some of y'all, the light just came on. You've wondered why it had these weird names all the time. It's because the people were called the the people of Ephesus. And these, the Ephesus area was thriving. It was a metropolis for that time. It was a leader in trade, a leader in, in culture. And really what happened in Ephesus would change the whole world. And there was a church that was planted in Ephesus that was thriving. It was, it was really, it would be considered a mega church, mega impact, thousands of people. It was growing crazy. So you got to think about this. When I read the book of Ephesians, it connects because it's a thriving city that has a thriving church in it, reaching people far from God. I'm like, it connects with us today. Can I hear a good amen at Radiant Church? And then I want to know the context. So the context, he's writing to these Christians, but he was writing them in in chapter six about this topic that we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks. And the topic is, is the idea of spiritual warfare. So he's talking about spiritual warfare. He's explaining to them that there's there's more going on than you think that's going on. He's kind of telling them the behind the scenes. Yeah, it, it would be the equivalent of the, the first time I explained to my wife what the cloud was. Um, how, how many had that moment where you're you're trying to tell her like, listen, listen, it's you put all your files there. She's like, well, then how do I go get them? I'm like, well, they're in the cloud. She's like. But, but where, where's the cloud, Aaron? Like, I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's out there. Like it, you, you can't see it, but, but, but it, it's really there. I promise you. And it's holding all of our files and all of our photos and all of our music. Like it's just all in the cloud. You just got to trust the clouds there. It's working. And it's, it's the same with spiritual warfare. There's stuff going on behind the scenes that, that you need to know about. There's a real enemy that's attacking you and we really have to deal with it. Now, let me just pause before I get into this, because this can be taken to an extreme where there's some people that believe the devil's behind every single bush, every single issue, 
And let me just say it very clearly to all of our locations. Not everything you're dealing with is spiritual. Not everything that's happening in your life is because of the devil. The devil did not make you go back into that toxic relationship. Can I just be real with you? That was all you, sister. Like, that was not the devil right there. The devil didn't make you go broke. No, 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 no. That was $6 drinks at Starbucks. Just want you to know, that ain't the devil. That's all you, okay? He doesn't get credit for that. The, the, the devil didn't break your diet. You and Burger King were tag-teamed on that one, okay? Like, so, so, so don't blame everything on the devil. But, but, but I want you to get this. But there is a spiritual war happening against your life. That there's things that if you were not, if you were honest with it, you would go, Aaron, I should have better victory in this, but I'm not. It's taken longer than I need it to take. There, there's things that, that, that you understand that, that it has to be an enemy against my soul. Let me just say it this way. It shouldn't be that hard to pray. Come on. Can we be real? It, should, it shouldn't be. I shouldn't feel that awkward when I lift my hands in worship. What do you think is causing that? There is a real enemy against your soul that knows the breakthrough that's on the other side of your prayer time. You want to know why it's so difficult? The devil's making it difficult because he knows the victory that'll happen if you'll actually pray. I'm preaching better than you're shouting down, but I get it. It's, it's, it's important. We understand there are things that are spiritual. There are some battles. Like, it shouldn't be such a battle to give. God's blessed your life. It shouldn't be out of the overflow. You just give to God. Why? Why don't we give? There's a, there's a demonic experience behind it that's holding you back, and he knows the breakthrough that's on the other side. It shouldn't be such a battle to raise your kids to follow God. It shouldn't be. Why is it so difficult? Why, why, did, why is it so easy for them to go the way of culture and so difficult to go the way of God? There, there's a spiritual war on the other side of it. So once you know, it's more spiritual. We, we, we've had three babies in our church born to like key staff members and families of our church in the last month, all three of them go into the NICU with serious um, things, life-threatening things, all within the last month. Three. And, and it's not like we had 10 babies born. Those are the three babies born. All three are in the NICU. And when we deal with this, eventually the light bulb has to come on and go, it's more spiritual than we think it is. Maybe there's just, maybe there's a battle that's actually, maybe there's an actual real enemy that hates us and hates what God's doing here and he's coming after us because he knows the potential on the other side. So you got to realize, man, there is a war that's happening. So, so everybody in here today is either in one of two categories and I want you to know what these are. The first is you're in the midst of that battle right now. And in this series, you're going to get equipped and you're going to get trained to walk in victory. There's another group of people in here today that if you're not careful, you will tune out because you'll go, Aaron, things are so good in life. Things are awesome. It reminds me of my two-year-old, Elise. She's so cute and she's so awesome. But we know that things are bad when she's quiet. <laughs> when it's silent for a while. Like, like Katie and I will be sitting on the couch, we'll be watching a show or doing something on the, on the couch. And while we're doing this, we're like, have you heard from Elise in a while? Have you, have you seen her? Have you, like... And immediately we know something's destroyed 
There's, there's destruction happening behind the scenes. There's a reason it's so quiet right now because we're about to walk into one of these rooms and there's going to be marker all over the floor or, or paint that's spilled or, or Katie's makeup that's destroyed. That is real life with a two-year-old. And I just want you to know that's real life with the devil that we have against our souls. If you think it's quiet right now, it's because he's working behind the scenes and you better get prepared for the battle that you're about to face. So you better get battle ready. Can I hear a good amen? today at church. All right. So let me help you. I'm just going to give you three points today. We're going to make it quick and short and sweet today of what God has called you to get battle prep, get prepped, fight prep. Ready? Number one, if you're going to get fight prep, you got to know who your enemy is. You got to know who you're, nobody's going to walk in this thing blindly and just, okay, you know, whatever it is, like put me in the ring. I'm ready to go. No, 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 no. You need to know who your enemy is. No, you know, and, and our scripture tells us in our very first um, passage here, it says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against your mother-in-law. Did it say that? <laughs> so that you can take your stand against your boss, so that you can take your stand against your employer, to, against your neighbor. No, no, no. It tells us who the enemy is. He says, so that you can take your stand against the the devil's schemes. We have a real enemy. Let me tell you about him. Write it down. Number one is simply our enemy is destructive. He's destructive. He causes pain in his path. It reminds me of a couple of years ago, I drove through um, um, I-10 through the panhandle. My family lives in um, Pensacola. When I drove through, it was right after Hurricane Michael um, went through. And when I got to Panama City, it was crazy. It was a, this is a Category 5 hurricane caused so much destruction. I know a lot of our church, we had teams go up there and help. But it was wild because while I'm driving on the interstate, you're looking and you can get to the path of the storm because when you see the path of the storm, the side of the interstate, it looked like this. I pulled a picture of it. It looked like this. Every tree just snapped right when the direction of the hurricane. And it was crazy because then when you got on to where the eye was, you got on the other side of the eye and it's the same thing but the opposite direction. You know what I'm talking about? And you could actually see the destruction of the hurricane after it happened. You saw it right there. Like, wow, this is where it happened. And I want, I want to just get some attention here for just a second. Because as your pastor, it is grieving my heart to see that kind of picture in your marriage, in your kids, in your business, in your mind. Where I'm sitting there going, I can't see it. But I'm walking into it going, there's been destruction here by the enemy. And we need to know this enemy is serious about destroying your life. The Bible tells us who he is, John 10, 10. The thief, talking about our enemy, he has come to steal and kill and destroy. We love the second half of that, don't we? God has come that we might have life and life to the full. And we forget the first half of you've got a target on your life. He wants to destroy some things. And we have to understand that he is, he's destructive. Here's the second one is our enemy is deceptive. If you're thinking the devil's walking around with a pitchfork or a tail wagging, acting all dumb, you know, with a little cape on, that's, that's the Hollywood picture. They make them look stupid and they look, make them look like, oh, you'll know him when you see him. And the fact is, is that the enemy we have is very deceptive. He's very, very, very sneaky. Second Corinthians says it this way. And no wonder Satan himself, talking about our enemy, he masquerades as an angel of light. So he shows up looking good, but there's, there's a mess that follows it. Can I just tell some people? Can I just remind all the single people not everything that looks good is good? <laughs> Can I just tell you, like, this is the tactic of the enemy. 
That is why, and I don't want to get in political here, that is why some of the key words that are being used out there, that everybody should be this and the church should be this, those words that are good words but now are wrapped in destruction, this is how the enemy works in our lives today, by the way. It, 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 don't just say because it looks good, it is good. Just be very careful. Our enemy is very, very sneaky. And behind the scenes, there's more there than you think that's actually happening. All right, number three is our enemy is very determined. He's very determined. He, he, he is not giving up. By the way, you would have thought he would have gave up 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the grave and he goes, oh, this thing is over. He was defeated 2,000 years ago, but for the last 2,000 years, you know what he's done? Is as a defeated guy, I'm gonna take down as many people as possible. I wish to God that the Christians at Radiant Church were as determined as our enemy is. That when they experience defeat like he did, they would get back up and go, man, I might be down, but I'm not out. I'm keep going. I'm just a little frustrated that our enemy is more determined than we are when we know we have the greatness inside of us. We have God inside of us. We should keep going and not quit as quickly as we do. First Peter says it this way, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, Here's what he does. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for somebody to devour and he's coming after us. And we have to understand he is determined. Why is he determined? Here's why. Because he knows your potential. The enemy is not coming after you because of the mistakes of your past. He's coming after you because he knows the potential of your future. Stand up and stand strong knowing that if he's attacking me this much, there must be something so great inside of me that I don't even know it's in myself. I'm going to keep going. Come on, somebody. Verse by verse, I like this. So we know who our enemy is. If we're going to have some fight prep, we have to know he is destructive. He is deceptive. He is determined. Not only do you have to know the enemy, you have to know what your part is. Number two, know your part. Know your part. You have a part to play in this thing. You have a part to play. You have a part to do to, so that you can walk in victory. You're, you're not out of this thing and go, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to uh, you know, let them fight. No, you can't put your head in the sand. In spiritual warfare, you can't just let your head, put your head in the sand and go, well, you know what? If God wants to win, let him win. No, 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 no. No, you have a part to play in this thing. Our, our, our scripture tells us what our part is. I want you to see it. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, and I want you to say these two words out loud with me. Ready? Finally, be strong. Come on, let's say it one more time. Finally, what? Now, this is our part. Now, it works in the natural because you know if you're weak and you're going to go into a battle, what are you going to do? You're going to train. You're going to get strong. You're going to pump yourself up. You're going to go through what it takes to win that war. But here's the problem is what you're facing is not natural. It's supernatural. So when that's the case is if you try to do your natural prep for a supernatural fight, you'll, you'll, you'll not walk in victory. So here's what it looks like in our culture today. Harry, I'm gonna need your help for a little bit today. We're gonna talk about what it means to be strong. Cause some of you guys, you're, you're missing this idea. And so we're gonna, we're gonna do some pull-ups. So Harry, I know since I told you this the other day, he's been training strong. I mean, he's like, he's ready to go. Wait, 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 don't go get, don't get there yet. I know. We're going we're gonna to have some fun because we're going we're gonna to talk about it because there's so many of you guys that when you hear this phrase, like, be strong, it's like people that come up to you and you're sad and they go, well, just be happy. I mean, no, that doesn't work. It definitely doesn't work in marriage, right? Like, just get over it. No, 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 no. no. And here's what we're doing when we're in the natural. 
and we're doing things in our own flesh, and we're going, I can make it through, you eventually are going to get to this place called failure. Now, Harry, help me out, because you're going to do what's called a max effort pull-ups, okay? So, Harry, this is your chance to shine. All right, we got one, two, come on, help me out, three, four, oh, come on, big five, six, oh, all the way down, all the way at seven, eight, nine, no, keep going, nine, 10, yeah, a couple more. Oh, man, he's keep going. 12, my gosh, we got, we got the one guy in the church that can do 82 pull-ups. <laughs> can you keep going up? No, 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 You got to go all the way. Don't, don't drop. All the way up. Come, keep going. All right, there you go. All right, now, now, now stay. stay. Now, now, here's what happens, all right? Now, stay here, buddy. Because <laughs> that's what you've done in your marriage. You say, I'm just going to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be strong. That's what you've done, and your kid's in the hospital, and you go, that's it. I, I just know. i got to get myself strong. I'm going to build this business. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. And eventually, you have found yourself at the place of failure where you're no longer walking in victory, and here's what you're doing. Listen, here's what you're doing. You're just barely hanging in there. <laughs> and you, there's people, by the way, you've shown up to church today, and you don't know how long you can hang in any longer. Because you feel so weak and so burned out and so frustrated. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> you're going you're to stop there. Eventually you fall, right? Because, because we have taught ourselves, you can do it. You're strong. You've got it. Power through that thing. I, I know it's a tough divorce. Power through it. I, I know it's tough. I know it's a, the, the economy crashed. Power through. You can do it and in your strength. And you read verses like this and you're like, well, I just got to be strong. I'm going to be it. I'm going to do it. And you've missed the rest of the verse. That is not what Paul told us to do. If you think the power is in and of yourself, you will get to a place of failure. The power is not in you. What did Paul say? Put that verse up there again. He says, be strong in the Lord. There's a big difference between being strong in you and being strong in the Lord. Let me, let me just pause here for just a second. Here, you can relax for just a second. Because there, poor guy. There, there's a big difference between being strong in you and being strong in the Lord. I would, I would tell you that every single time throughout Scripture where the command is to be strong, there's a passage, there's a, there's a tagline to it of the fact that God will be with you. This idea that God is your strength. You remember when, when uh, Joshua is now given command over the Israelites to go into the promised land? What is, what is the command? Be strong and courageous. That's what we quote over people. Come on, you can do it. But we forget the rest of the verse. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's not you. It's God that can do it. David said that this way in the Psalms, my flesh and my heart might fail but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. You want strength? Go to him. Habakkuk 3, 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on new heights. Where do we get our strength? It's in the Lord. Isaiah 35, verse 4, says to those who are fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Why? Because your 
your God will come. He will come and avenge. He will bring divine retribution. He will come to save you. Let me tell you, it is not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It's about you inviting God in to be the strength in the midst of your hard times and your hard moments. So let me do this again with Harry and tell you what it really means. This is Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 in real life. Here's what it means. Harry, I want you to do some pull-ups for me. But I want you to show you what it means to be strong in the Lord. When you're taking those times in worship, when you're taking those times in prayer, when you're taking those times to say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to rely on his strength. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it his way instead of my way. You know what it is? It's you're now relying not on who you are. You're, you, you might be the one everybody's looking at, but there's a God behind the scenes that is lifting you up in hard times, in difficult moments. He is bringing you to a place of strength. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. Stay, 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 stay. I'm, I'm helping you out, I'm helping you out. We worked hard on this illustration. We we're going to make it work. <laughs> Write it down because being strong in the Lord isn't about God giving you strength. Because everybody's sitting there going, man, I just need God to give me some strength in this moment. No, 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 no. That's not what being strong in the Lord is. You know what it is? It's about God becoming your strength. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Where you actually, you, you think, you're on the other side of it, and everybody's going to be like, how in the world did you go through that tragedy? You seemed so strong because you were the one that, that everybody saw doing the pull-up. But they didn't see the worship behind the scenes. They, they didn't see the strength behind it. They go, well, it just doesn't make sense. You're just so blessed. You, you have so much money. For some reason, your business proper, prospers, and mine is all struggling all the time. Because they see you on that side. They go, well, here's what they, they ask stupid questions like this. It must be your routine. Tell me your routine. How, you must wake up earlier than I do. Because you're doing the pull-up. And everybody's like, whoa, look at you building a business and it's a struggle for me. But they don't see that you're not doing it in your own strength. You have the God of the universe behind you that's pumping you up the whole time. He, your strength is not in yourself, it's in the Lord. Come on, give a better praise than that today. Amen, church? Thank you, Harry. So good. So good. In the midst of his greatest tragedy and greatest trial, even his officers wanted to kill him, David. And Psalm 30 says it like this. He was greatly distressed because the men were thinking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of the sons and daughters. But David, here's what he did. He found his strength in the Lord. We've got to start relying on him a little bit more. That, that's what it means to be strong in the Lord. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you. This is God speaking. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. And this is, this is my response all the time to people. They're like, Aaron, it's just so incredible what God, you know. Oh, man, look at Radiant. Look at this. Look at this. I'm like, do you really think I'm that gifted? Do you really? Do you know who I am? Do you know how flawed I am? It's not me. It's not a God that is lifting me up. I'm not, I'm not going to him when I just need a little, give me a little fill. I'm going to him because, man, you, I'm relying on him fully with my life. That is what we do. Listen, write it down because my greatest strength is it's found at my greatest point of surrender. 
And you, you want to find greater strength in God today? You want him to become your strength? Understand it's going to happen at that point of you just surrendering. That, that's why, and that's why we're going to end in just a second with worship, because that's why worship is so important. Worship is not the warm-up for a message. Warm-up is your fight prep for life. It's a moment where you go, man, I'm relying on him. I'm extending my hands in surrender, knowing that without him, who am I that I could do anything? Who am I that I could do anything? This is what our God deserves. Last but not least, number three. So you got you to gotta know who your enemy is. You got to know what your part is. And you got to know your odds. Because <laughs> I ain't getting in a fight if, I, if my odds are low. Come on, I mean, you know, like, I'll, I'll jump in the ring if I can see the guy first, right? Like, you got to know your odds. You know, like, like how can you do well? Can you win this thing? And I think at times in life, we have to be able to evaluate, like, what are the odds? And I want to just say this very clearly because I want you to hear me very clearly. The odds are very against you in the natural. If we are in a spiritual war, this is not some cartoon character that's against us. This is a guy who for thousands of years has caused wars and famine, and disease, and struggles, and divorce, and heartache. He is really, really good at his job. Really good. And now we're supposed to fight him? Wait, wait, wait. He's, it's not just culture. It's not just life. It's now there's an actual enemy that's trying to destroy my life? You're, you're telling me uh, the odds are against you. The odds of your, ma- your marriage making it, very slim. The odds of your business succeeding, very slim. The odds of your kids following Christ, very slim. The odds of you truly changing the world, slim, really slim. You see, if you put it on a scale of one to 10, from one being there's no way to 10 being easily doable, we start out this whole thing with everything in our life, but the one, there's no way, the odds are against us. Because here's why, because difficulty, is always measured by the capacity of the agent that's doing the work. So if it's a battle between you and the enemy, then we lose because we, as agents doing the work, are never going to win this thing. But I have good news for you today. There's another part of the equation that we have to add to this because as believers, we're not the ones doing the work. We're the ones relying on the one that's doing the work. And now you take your equation and you go, it's not me versus the enemy. It's me plus a God who is all powerful and all knowing and always victorious versus an enemy. Now, what was difficult, by the way, when God has added to the problem, it goes from very difficult, let me tell you, to easily doable once God is involved. And that's some good news for us today. Because God is on your side. He's with you. You can have freedom. You can have healthy relationships. You can have freedom from anxiety. You can build that business because it's not you. It's the God of the universe that wants to work through you. That's just got to rely on him. I, I think that Paul is opening up this passage by just saying, listen, you're going to get involved in a war. You're going to have to go to battle. But our fight prep is learning how to rely on him. I was a big WW, um, when I was growing up, it was called WWF. I know they changed it, WWE fan. Come on, any big WWE fans, like the wrestling fans. I know there's a few of us in the church. And uh, so I, I used to love them all. I mean, Hulk Hogan, this is our, this is our city. Hulk, if you're watching this, you're always invited to Radiant. 
brother. We'd love to see you here. <laughs> so, I, I always a huge fan. Macho Man, Randy Savage, and come on, um, Ultimate Warrior, and all of it. Anyway, Undertaker, they're all my, my fans. I, I had like all the stuffed animal, the, not animal, the stuffed dolls of those guys. I'd wrestle them. And, anyway, uh, but one of my favorite moments was always the tag teamers. So if you remember the tag teamers, there was always the big ones, the the Hart Foundation and the, the, the Hardy Boys and Dudley Boys. Yeah, like, you, you don't know anything about these guys. And they get in there, they fight, and they get beat up. And, and there's always this moment where they were totally beat up, totally run down. The fight is over. You looks like it. They're just destroying the guy in the ring. And then he looks over and he remembers, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got somebody else in my corner. And he would take, it was, you know, they're always dramatic, uh, you know, Maybe it's real. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to ruin that for anybody. But, you know, it was always like just dramatic moments where they're, you know, crawling over. And then there was always the reach. The reach was all, you can't find a WWE match where in a tag team, there's not a reach where they just can't go any longer. And they reach out that hand and they tag the guy in. And he comes in and he's all fresh and he's ready to fight and he always beats the other guy and it was always right after the tag. That's what worship is, by the way. You, you, you're, you're in this place today and you're going, I don't understand why all these people at Radiant Church, they lift their hands. Like, do they have some kind of problem? Are they asking a question? I'll tell you, it's because we're a bunch of people that are tired. We get burned out. The world is against us. The enemy hates us. And we get in these moments in God's presence and we just lift our hand going, God, we just got to have more of you. We got to have your power, not my power, your strength, not my strength. And I believe God wants to do it in your life today. So I'm just going to ask a simple question, and I think it's most of us, because I really felt God lead me to, to preach this today. You're in here today, you're going, Aaron, I need God's strength. I'm battling something in here today, or, or I'm going into some kind of battle that I need supernatural strength for. I feel tired, or I feel weak, or I know it's going to be hard, and I just need the strength of God. I want you to stand your feet all over this place. Come on, at every location. I need, I need the strength of God. Come on, now just take your moment and stretch that hand straight towards heaven. Stretch it out and say, God, I need you today. Lord, I don't need you to make me strong. I need your strength, your power to be made perfect in my weaknesses. Lord, I pray for your people. Lord, as we come in this place, as we spend a moment in worship, fill us with your strength. Give us the strength to do what you called us to do. Lord, we thank you that you are great and you are inside of us and you are with us and you are for us and you are on our side and we believe you for greatness in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing it together. Let's make it a moment right now in our services. Come on, make it a moment of worship. Come on. In the feet of Jesus every day in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles. Come on, sing out, sing, come alive. So come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. 
reminded, I want to still believe you're, right now, I just want you to take a moment. Come on, I still believe you're uh, speaking. Come on, sing it out. Come on. This is your act of faith right here. This is your moment. All things for good. All things, come on. I'll fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. See, that, that's your battle God, that's your, your fight prep right there. All things for Sing it again. Come on, JP, sing it again. I still believe your move. I still believe your speak. God, I believe your word. All things for good. I'll fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I they have battled and they have been frustrated and they feel worn out and that they're just barely hanging on become their strength Lord even in moments throughout this week where they feel like man how do I keep going we tap into your strength we tap into your power we tap into your abilities be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power putting on the full armor of God then you're going to be able to stand against the devil's schemes you're prepared now for what's coming this week. You can do it. Not because of you, but because of him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you today, you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to know God loves you. He went to the cross for you. He died for you. And he brought you into church today for the opportunity for you to make that decision. Simple yet, that yet serious decision to give your life to Christ. This is your moment of total surrender. If that's you today, you don't have that relationship with God, I wanna pray for you, I wanna know who you are at every one of our locations. That you just throw a hand up on the count of three. One, two, three, that's me today. I'm giving my life to Christ, thank you, thank you. Come on, throw those hands up, wave it at me, put it right back down, thank you, thank you. Thank you, at Brandon, at Heights, St. Pete, North Tampa, those online. Let's pray this prayer out loud together at every location. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my past, I give you my sin, I give you my struggle. For the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that believes it says, now let's take a second. Let's celebrate all those who just made the best decision they've ever made. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.